James 1 and verse 17. We're in a series called Love Matters. Everyone say Love Matters. We're talking about different matters concerning walking in love and how much the Father loves us. But this morning I really had in my heart to speak a message called Love's Gifts to You. We know that God is love, is He not? And so when we say love's gifts to us, we're saying our gracious God who is love has many, many gifts that He's made available to us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we approach Your Word reverently. We approach it humbly. We thank You, Father, that You said in Your Word that the anointing of God destroys the yokes. And so, Lord, I pray that within the sound of my voice that every person be refilled and fueled with your word and with your spirit today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. I want you to be seated, if you would, and turn in your Bibles to James, the book of James. And uh, we will look at chapter 1, and we'll notice a verse in verse 17. The book of James, chapter 1. I want my eyes to rest on it. I know it's probably up there already. But in James chapter 1 and verse 17, every good gift. I mean, what other kind of gift would a good God of love give? He gives good gifts. And he said this, that every good gift and every perfect gift. So what I want you to see is this, is that the gifts that love gives us are perfect. There's no flaws in them whatsoever. There's no imperfections in the gifts that love gives you. And that's good news. Anybody ever received a gift in the natural and there were some flaws and there were some imperfections to them. And maybe you had to take them back. Well, you never have to take back God's good gifts. His gifts are good all the time and forever. So every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights. You know, in the Word of God, we see that He is light, we see that He is life, and we see that He is love. In this scripture, He's called the Father of lights. When the Bible says that He is the Father of lights, that means that He is absolute light, that there is no darkness in Him whatsoever. When the Bible says He is life, that means He is perfect, absolute life, and there is no death in Him whatsoever. The Bible says God is love. He's perfect love. He's absolute love. And this perfect love from our great loving God contains no hint of strife, no hint of bitterness, no hint of unforgiveness, no hint of the curse in it whatsoever. He is love, He is perfect love, and He's put that love on the inside of you. Man, that's good news. Every good gift, perfect gift, is from above. 
and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, there's no changing. He doesn't look at Rodney Negosa and say, I'm going to give him a perfect gift, but Frank, I'm going to give you an imperfect gift. No, he gives all of his children the same gifts. They are perfect. And he never changes his mind. There's no variableness. There's no shadow of turning. Man, if that's all we heard today, that's enough to last us the whole week. That's enough to shout about from the top of the morning till late at night. Good gifts from our great God. So let's talk a little while this morning on love's gifts. The greatest gift is the gift of salvation. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Oh, what a gift eternal life is. It is not only the God quantity of life, but it is the God quality of life. I've come that you might have the gift of life in abundance, into its full, until it overflows. The God quantity, the God quality of life. It is the gift of God. It is the perfect gift of God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that you're born again? Aren't you glad that you've got eternal life? When you close your eyes tonight and you go to bed, you know for one thing for sure that you're on your way to glory. You're on your way to heaven. The gift of God has been given to you. Now let's look at another gift. Look at Romans chapter 5. And notice with me in verse 17. These are perfect gifts. The gift of salvation. In Romans 5, 17 says, For if by one man's offense, that's Adam, death reigned by one, now notice, much more they which receive abundance of grace. Those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, what will they do? They will reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Now notice with me, there is our part and there is God's part. The grace has been given, but the grace that has been given is accessed by faith and by us opening our hearts and saying, Lord, I believe and Lord, I receive. Receive. Receiving the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness is one of the greatest gifts that you can ever receive. Because there are so many people that walk around condemned, feeling insecure, feeling like they're a failure, feeling like that they never measure up, feeling like that no matter what they do, they can't please God. And so they get on this treadmill of, I've got to love God more. I've got to love God more. No, we don't need to love God more. We need to receive how much God loves us. And when we receive how much God loves us, we'll begin to be able to love God more. 
we love Him because He first loved us. Now, this righteousness is this, and this is what it means. When we receive the gift of righteousness, we receive the ability now to stand in the presence of a holy God, just like sin never existed before. To be able to stand in His presence without a sense of guilt, without a sense of inferiority, without any insecurities, just like we never sinned before. It is a gift. But just like all gifts, all gifts must be received. The word receive means to take into one's possession something that has been offered or delivered as to receive many gifts. It means to lay hold of It means to take. It means to receive. Now, if I had a $100 bill in my pocket, and I don't, and I walked up to Daryl, and I said, Daryl, the Lord's instructed me to give you a $100 bill. All Daryl would need to do is what? (laughs) Daryl would aggressively, (laughs) thankfully, he would take it. You've got the faith it takes on the inside of you. You've got the... Listen, God would never give you something if He didn't give you the ability to receive. Now listen to the word gift. Everyone say gift. The word gift means something given voluntarily without payment in return. As to show favor towards somebody. God, in his love for you, has favored you. And he has given voluntarily the gift of righteousness, the gift of life, the gift of Jesus without payment in return. Isn't that good? That is so awesome. Now stay with me. I'm, I'm laying a foundation because we're heading somewhere this morning. Yeah. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going somewhere. Oh. Now look at John chapter 14. And I want us to notice in verse 16 and verse 17. St. John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. We're going to look at it in the Amplified Version. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you. We could say it this way, that He will gift you. That He will gift you. He will gift you another comforter. In other words, Jesus was about to go. He was their comfort while He was here on earth. But he was going to go to the cross and be raised from the dead and go sit at the right hand of the Father. But he says, don't worry, guys. I'm going to send you a comforter just like me. And this comforter, when he comes, when he is given, and when he is received, he will be your counselor, your helper, your intercessor, your advocate, your strengthener. That he might remain with you forever. 
I think to summarize that verse, to make it very clear, there is given by the Father the gift of help. help. Amen. He's our helper. He's our comforter. He is the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a gift. Don't ignore this gift. You know something? I believe the Holy Spirit is helping us a whole lot more than we realize. But what if we got to a point where we didn't quench Him anymore? And we didn't grieve him anymore. And we didn't ignore him anymore. And we treated him just like the old English word speaks of ghost, holy guest. Mm. He is our holy guest. Yes, that's good. Who lives on the inside of us. And Jesus said, I'm going to pray to the Father. And he's going to gift you with this precious comforter. Has there been times in your life when you needed some help? Like about every day? Has there been times in your life over here when you needed some counsel? How about over there? You needed some wisdom? How about over there in that section? Have there been times in your life where you just felt weak and you needed some strength? He is your strengthener. He is your quickener. He is your healer. He's your standby. He's standing by to give you what you need in your midnight hour. Hallelujah. Heaven's gifts. Love's gifts. I'm glad he didn't leave us alone. I'm glad he didn't leave us as orphans. I'm glad he put the spirit of his son on the inside of us, crying out, Abba. Father. Now today is Pentecost Sunday. And I want to expound on this precious gift of the Holy Spirit. It's wonderful to, 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 to look at all the vastness and all of the things that the Holy Spirit does in us and does for us and can do through us. You know, at the new birth, we're born of the Spirit. And in the new birth, He places on the inside of us all this help, all the fruits of the Spirit. But there's another dimension of the Holy Spirit called the infilling or the baptism in the Holy Spirit. To where He's not just in us, but He's upon us. And He flows through us like rivers of living water. And it changes the world we live in. It changes the people around us. I was given an iPad recently, and with the iPad, I can sit down at my desk, and I can get online, and I can listen to different sermons. With my iPad, I can email. With my iPad, I can access iTunes, and on iTunes, I can get songs of worship that I like to listen to. On my iPad, I can look up words in the Greek and the Hebrew. I can study. I can do my sermons on the iPad. I'm not limited to what I can do on my iPad. And I've yet to tap in to everything that that iPad can do. And that's just something natural. So the Holy Spirit 
Oh, he has so many dimensions. Oh, Jesus, there's so much more to him. And there's so much more that he has for us. Getting born again and getting filled with the Spirit is just like walking through a door into the supernatural spirit life of Holy Ghost-filled Pentecostal living. Hallelujah. He'll enable you to be a witness right in the marketplace, man. He'll fill your mouth with wisdom. He'll anoint your hands to minister to the sick. And you don't even have to walk around being pseudo-spiritual, acting like you're all that. You just simply live a life in the Spirit. And when God opens the doors, you open your mouth. And you don't need to say thee and thou and thus and so. But you can just bring a word of encouragement, a word of life, a word of blessing to people that need Jesus. Isn't that good news? Hallelujah. The gift loves gifts. And so I want to talk a while about Pentecost. Is that okay? God gave the gift of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost for everybody. Now the word Pentecost means 50. And really what it does is it designates the 50th day after Passover. Pentecost relates to the Old Testament Feast of Weeks. The Feast of Weeks was a time where the children of Israel would get together and they would experience a joyful time of thanksgiving for the harvest that they had received that year. It was something that was given out of heartfelt response and they would take a grain offering and they would take two loaves and they would wave it before the Lord. And you know, the children of Israel were expressive in what they did. I mean, when they mourned, bless God, they mourned. When they danced, they danced. And I can imagine on the Feast of Pentecost, they were out there waving those loaves, giving honor to God. Well, you don't have loaves of bread, but you got two hands. So why don't all of us raise up both hands right now? Let's do a wave offering. Let's do a praise offering. Let's give Him glory. Let's give Him praise. Lord, we love You. We praise You today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We celebrate Pentecost this morning. Hallelujah. Say with me, I receive Your gifts, Lord. So this was a feast. And this is something we celebrate here at Heart of the Bay. This feast was just a foreshadowing of the great spiritual ingathering that would occur after the dramatic outpouring of the Holy Spirit on His first followers. We could say it this way, that Pentecost was the inauguration ceremony for the church. It was in that moment that men and women gathered in the upper room. Brenda and I were in the upper room in Israel. It's quite an experience. In the upper room, we sense the presence of God. And they're sitting in that upper room because Jesus told them, I want you to tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. The word endued means clothed. They needed something on them 
and in them before they left Jerusalem. He says, boys, don't leave home without him. And so, in that moment, men and women gathered in the upper room were visibly endued with supernatural power. And the same time, 3,000 people were converted in, in response to Peter's spirit-empowered preaching. And this gift has been made available ever since. And someone says, you know what, Pastor Mark? I've already received this gift, but are you filled today? I believe that in this service, guys, ladies and gentlemen, we are to activate the altar. And what does activate the altar? That means we're going to call people to come to the altar. And those who want a fresh anointing, and those who want a fresh touch, or those that want to be filled and refilled and refueled by the laying on of hands, you may have come in one way this morning, but you're going to leave another way. You may have come in discouraged, but you're going to leave encouraged. You may have come in empty, but by the grace of God, you're going to leave full. Someone say Pentecost. Pentecost. Now look at Luke chapter 11. Luke the 11th chapter. I'm feeling this message, ladies and gentlemen. I feel the fire of Pentecost. In Luke chapter 11, verses 11 through 13, it says, If a son shall ask bread for any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? No. Or if he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? No. Or if he asks for an egg, will he for an egg give him a scorpion? No. He said, If you, being evil or natural, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And then turn over to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 11. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 11. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask Him? How many of you know we're not to beg God for a fresh infilling? Unbelief begs, but faith receives. Come on, somebody. Is the baptism in the Holy Spirit, is a fresh anointing available for us today? I believe, in fact, it is. Is it for just a select few? No. I believe that Acts 2.39 answers this when he says this. For this promise is not only to you, but also to your kids. And to all those that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call Listen, I believe with all of my heart, our kids should be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I believe that when mom and dad are filled with the Holy Spirit, it should definitely get upon the kids. And I also believe that this baptism in the Holy Spirit should be on our grandchildren. Pull them away from the television. Pull them away from their iPads. Pull them away from the entertainment of this world. And teach them and give them the word and lay hands on them and pray in tongues over them. And there'll be an impartation to them. When Olivia was born, Brenda was the day, the, there the day she was born. And she would hold her in her arms all these years, rocking her, 
praying and singing in the Holy Spirit. Upon your sons and your daughters shall the Holy Spirit be and shall the Holy Spirit come. This is very important. I can remember being in the Philippine Islands in the 80s and doing a seminar there in an open-air meeting. And we had wonderful night meetings where the gospel was preached and people were saved and people were healed. And we had day meetings with the pastors and imparted life to them. But we also had day meetings with the children. We had a children's crusade during the day. And our children's pastors at that time were Mike and Sue Bryan. And the day they taught on the baptism in the Holy Spirit, there were just tons of kids in this open-air meeting. And they simply prayed a prayer for the children to be filled with the Spirit. And it was like a wave of wind came over that congregation. And kids, no one telling them how to do it. Children falling under the power, speaking in a heavenly language. That's not limited to the Philippine Islands. That's for you and your household. It's not limited to revival in Nigeria and in Ghana and in Africa. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Oh, how we need him. Holy Spirit, come and fill and refresh and revive and renew. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Woo, glory. The baptism in the Spirit is for all alike, Jews, Gentiles, bond, free men, men, women and children, people of all colors and races, all creeds and denominations, Jews, Protestants, Catholics, little children of five and six have been marvelously baptized in the Holy Spirit. Eight years after the day of Pentecost, Philip the Evangelist, he went down to a city called Samaria. And the Bible says that he preached Christ unto them. Say he preached Christ unto them. And the scripture says that they gave heed in one accord, listening intently to the things which Philip spoke. They both heard and they saw the miracles which were performed. On that day in Samaria, unclean spirits and And people's bodies were healed by God's power. And the scripture says, in that city there was great joy. I'm telling you, when there's a move of the Holy Spirit in the Bay Area, there's great joy. When there's a move of the Spirit in your life, there's great joy. Everyone say, great joy. And it also says that they believed Philip and they believed what he preached. In other words, they were born again. And that same day they got baptized. And the news had spread to the city of Jerusalem what had happened in Samaria. And there was excitement taking place. Because they heard about the miracles. They knew that people got delivered from evil spirits. They heard about the joy. They heard about that they were born again. And so when they heard it, they sent two apostles down there. And the two apostles went down there. And when they prayed for them, they received the Holy Ghost. 
Because at that point, they were born again. But when they went down and they ministered the Spirit to them, they began to speak the wonderful works of God in a heavenly language. Turn quickly over to Acts chapter 10. I want to leave room for the Spirit of God to do some good things today. Are you ready? Hallelujah. I'm just priming the pump. In Acts chapter 10, this is 10 years after Pentecost. The Word of God tells us about Peter's going to Cornelius' house to carry the gospel. It wasn't popular for a Jew to go to a Gentile's house, but Peter had a vision, and the vision moved him. In Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 46, I want you to read this with me. Ready, read. While Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the... You suppose the Holy Ghost is still falling today? I believe he's falling right now. Let's read. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, and as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out what? Poured out what? This gift is poured out. This gift is poured out. This gift is being poured out in this congregation today. This gift is free, and this gift just simply is received. Now notice in verse 46, read it with me. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. They heard them speak with what? And they magnified God. Then lastly, let's look at the believers over in Ephesus. The believers in Ephesus. This is uh, 20 years. Everyone say 20 years. 20 years years after the day of Pentecost. Mm -hmm. Paul went on a missionary journey to Ephesus. And there he had met some believers. And he introduced them to the person of the Holy Ghost. Notice with me in Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 3. And then we'll look at verse 6. I'm going to wait till you get over there. This is good, good, solid Bible teaching. Everyone say, this gift gift is for me. me. This infilling, this refreshing is for me and my household. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Listen, folks, without the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I would not be in ministry today. Without the infilling of the Holy Spirit, I would have gotten so discouraged in life and in ministry that I would have just quit. I would have just quit. There's no way. There's no way that I could have lived as long as I've lived. I'm 63 and I'll be 64. I'm on my way to 70. Amen. On my way to heaven shouting the victory. But you know something? He's kept me. He's helped me. He's encouraged me. He has strengthened me. He has quickened me. 
He's given me wisdom in some of the darkest hours of my life where, quite frankly, I did not know what I was going to do, how I was going to do it. But the Bible says when you call upon the Lord, He will answer you. And He will show you great and mighty things which you don't know. I remember getting born again way back in March of 1975. I can remember getting saved and then immediately the following week someone telling me and asking me, you're saved, but have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And it was put out very accurately and very plainly to me that if I was going to live a life continually free from drugs, continually free from alcohol, that I needed this power from on high. That there was no way that I could face life and say no to drugs without the help of the Holy Spirit. That there was no way that I could live in victory without Him. He is our helper. Oh, man. And so, I really didn't know what I was doing that much. But I went to a prayer meeting. And about 15 people laid hands on me. And I felt something. And I didn't speak in tongues right away. But one day, laying in bed, I just opened up my mouth and started praising God and magnifying God. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not so much about tongues. It's a part of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But it's power from on high to help you live a victorious life. It's power from on high for you to walk free from the things that have entangled you in the past. I don't know what's entangled you in the past. But I know this for sure. When Jesus Christ comes along to set you free, you are free. But you've got to maintain your freedom. That's why Paul saying to the church of Galatia, he said, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I don't know what bondage you came out of. But my prayer today is what you've come out of, you never go back to. And in the natural realm, you cannot live this life and fight this fight of faith and not go back to what you've been delivered from without His power in your life. I know I'm telling the truth right now. The Bible says in Acts 1-8, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Not before. Not just sitting around talking about it and studying it and reasoning it and wondering if it's for today. I'm telling you, He is for today. Power from on high is for today. He will equip you to be a mighty, mighty dynamite for Him. That word power there is dunamis. And we get our English word dynamite from it. Got a question for you. Are there some things in your life that need to be blown up? Come on, I'm just getting real right now. Are there some things in your life that are trying to get back in your life that just need to be blown up? Well, we got a powder keg here today. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? It's the power from on high. Yes, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's do another wave offering real quick. 
come on, it's time for a wave offering. <laughs> come on now. Ooh, Lord, we love you. Thank you for power from on high. Lord, Hallelujah! For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hallelujah! No more fear. No more insanity. Power. Love. Sound mind. Power to cut off those dead relationships. Power to throw those drugs away. Power to turn the computer off. Power to live for Him. Power to put your spiritual chest out and say, I'm proud to be in Him. I'm proud to be a Christian. I am not ashamed. Of the gospel of Christ. Because it is the power. Of God. Unto salvation. To everyone that believeth. To the Jew first. And also to the Greek. Power. Lord, thank you for your power. We activate it this morning with our faith. Hallelujah. Jesus said, John said, there's one mightier coming than I. He says, he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. There's something about the fire of God. That'll burn self right out of you. It'll burn whatever needs to be burned out of your life. Whether it be an attitude, a drug, a pornography, it doesn't matter what it is. Expose yourself to the fire. It's a purifying fire. It's love fire. It's a love gift. Oh, may there be some groaning and travailing at the altars in Pentecostal churches. May there be some burning out. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 3 and then verse 6. So as you can see, I'm passionate about this. Because without Him... I wouldn't be alive. Without Jesus first and without the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't be alive. In Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 3, it says, And it came to pass, everyone said, came to pass. That while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast, he came to Ephesus and he found certain disciples. Now that means that these certain disciples were already Christians, right? Because you can't be a disciple of the Lord unless you're saved. And he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We not even so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. 
You know? If you've never heard, how can you receive? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. You're hearing the Word today. Activate His power. He said, we've not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Verse 3. And He said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. And in verse 6, I want you to see this as Pastor Tom comes with the team. We're going to activate the altar here in a moment or just PT, that's fine. However it works out, PT. But I want you to notice in verse 6, and this is what's going to happen here in these next maybe 10 minutes or so. We're going to invite you to come to the altar for fresh oil, a fresh infilling. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to invite you to come to the altar to be filled. And this is exactly what's going to happen in verse 6. Let's read it together. Are you ready? Let's ready read. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues. Paul put his what? We're going to place our hands on you. Tony and Rachel are going to place their hands on you. Brenda and I are going to place our hands on you. Ingrid's going to place her hands on you. Valentina's going to place her hands on you. Others are going to, they're going to place their hands on you. And by faith, we're going to access this glorious gift. Happy Pentecostal Sunday. Receive love's gifts. Let's stand up. Amen. Hallelujah.